Now, we have an important broadcast for you. I'm going to tell you some things that uh, you may not know about our political situation in this country and why November 3rd is the most important election of my lifetime. Uh, I'm going to do it in a very methodical way. Um, we now have, um, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of new viewers because of our debate coverage. I mean, it's just been an amazing surge uh, of people watching the No Spin News, going to BillOReilly.com, watching the first TV, uh, all of our venues on radio. Um, it's an incredible thing. And it happened uh, when the uh, Lewinsky-Clinton case in the 1990s broke. That was the turning point when I was on Fox News. That surged it. Well, now we're in a surge because of this election. Um, so let's begin with uh, the most important aspect of um, the vote November 3rd. It's not about the economy or COVID. Uh, it's not about foreign policy or global warming. It's not about any of that. The most important thing is there is a movement in this country to change our traditional system. You know about it, you've heard about it, but don't know if you see the danger as starkly as I see it. So the key moment in the debate was when uh, Joe Biden refused to answer, all right, the question about whether he would support packing the Supreme Court. I'm going to play that for you. I know you've heard it, but I think it, it's worth playing again. But first, I want to set this up. So in 1789, the United States government was forming under President Washington. And the judiciary, the judiciary, all right, set the number of Supreme Court justices at six, all right, six, because the Constitution basically said there has to be oversight to government in case the federal government does something heinous. There's got to be judges that say you can't do that. You can't violate the Constitution. So six judges were uh, appointed. In 1837, that number was bumped up to nine because the population of the country was growing and they wanted to have more judges represent. So it went from six to nine. All right. In 1863, in the middle of the Civil War, it went to 10 justices because there were so many problems with the union. that They wanted another voice. All right. Then in 1869, after the war was over, they went back down to nine, where it has stood ever since. Nine justices. In 1937, Franklin Delano Roosevelt wanted to pack the court because he was frustrated that some of his Depression-era laws, the stuff he wanted, getting voted down. So he didn't like the nine Supreme Justices. He wanted 15. That was voted down in the Senate 70 to 20, and FDR was a popular president, 70 to 20. So FDR wanted 15. Now, today, we have the same thing, because the court and Amy Coney Barrett will be, will be uh, a traditional judge on the court, so that'll be 6-3, traditional versus liberal, all right? And the, the left goes, can't have that. You can't have that. So we got to pack it. So that if the Senate and the House go Democrat and Biden's elected, they'll pass a law that says, well, we want 15 or we want 20. 
Supreme Court justices, which will wipe out the system we have now. All right, so that's the danger. That's the danger. There is a poll, a left-wing poll, Washington Post, ABC News, Democrat 31, Republican 27, Independent 37, but they don't say who the independents are. Would you support or oppose increasing the number of U.S. Supreme Court justices? Support 32%, oppose 54%. Most, a lot of people answering this poll, they don't know what that is. They don't know what the issue is. They don't know what the Supreme Court is. And I don't say that with any arrogance. It's true. So 22% more Americans want to keep the system the way it is. All right, but Joe Biden, he doesn't want to keep the system the way it is. Roll tape. So my question to you is, you have refused in the past to talk about it. Are you willing to tell the American people tonight whether or not you will support either ending the filibuster or packing the court? Whatever position I take on that, that'll become the issue. The issue is the American people should speak. You should go out and vote. You're in voting now. Vote and let your senators know how strongly you feel. Let vote now. Make sure you, in fact, let people know you're senators. I'm not going to answer the question because because the question is the question is the question left. Will you shut up, man? Listen, who is on your list, Joe? This is so right, gentlemen. I think this is so unprecedented. All right, that was Wallace's fault. All right, Biden had an obvious dodge. And Wallace should have stopped him cold and said, look, if you don't want to answer the question, just tell us and we'll go ahead. But you're dodging. But Trump had to do it. Because if Trump didn't do it, nobody would have. And that goes right back to Chris Wallace. Now, I'm not here to bash Chris Wallace. I think my analysis of his performance is fair. All right. Again, we're going to post all this stuff on BillOReilly.com throughout the weekend so you can catch up if you haven't seen it. Now, here's the danger. All right. And this is really important to every single American. We have guaranteed rights by a constitution. Those rights are protected by the Supreme Court, not by the political parties. All right. You've got to understand that the Democrats and the Republicans are not going to protect your rights. They don't care about that. They care about political power, wielding power. The only body in this country, ultimately, that protects our rights is the Supreme Court. If you politicize the court by putting 15 or 20 judges on it, all of whom will be confirmed based on their politics, not on the Constitution. Okay? I mean... Sotomayor, Sonia Sotomayor, is a left-wing zealot and always votes that way. Clarence Thomas is a ardent conservative and almost always votes that way. You don't want a court that's racked up with politicians. So, let's bring it home. The most, the most prosperous right that we have from the Constitution is the right to private property. All right? You cannot live in comfort 
unless you have private property. Can't. That's why if you go to China and you see how the people who are not elite live, they don't have any comfort because they don't have a right to private property. If somebody bought a brand new uh, Ferrari, Beijing could take it. They make it Cuba. They take it. The far left in this country does not want private property to be respected or protected by the Constitution. How do I know that? How many times have you heard from the Democratic Party wealth tax, wealth tax, 2%, 3%, 5%? What's a wealth tax? That's a tax on private property. Okay? So they come in, the state comes in, evaluates what you have, what you've already bought with post-tax dollars. You already paid your taxes. You have money left over. You buy things. You acquire things. Government comes in and says, you have this, you have that, you have this, you have that. They add it up, and they go, we want 2% of that every year. So you got a farm? want 2% of that. You got a house? You got cars? You got art? Whatever it may be. If you are over a certain income threshold, and that threshold is arbitrary, could be a million dollars in assets, could be 10. Depends on the state, depends on the feds. Government says, we have a right to take it as a tax. That's a double tax. Can't be double taxed. Not according to the Constitution. Congress has a right to tax, but not double, triple, quadruple, whatever. Every time they try, goes in the court, court says no. If the left gains control of this country, and you, you're going to hear Biden, you just heard him, okay? He won't say, he won't pack the court. If that happens, then all the stuff that I have, that you have, particularly if you're affluent, is going to be subject to the government taking it away from us. And it's going to be their calculations, not ours. They'll decide. How much, what the threshold is, what stuff is worth, they'll decide. Can you imagine that? Private property? Private property then goes, bye. The government owns the property. They allow you to have some of it. You want to live in a country like that? I don't. And I know that Joe Biden won't stand up to the socialist communist movement that has to have that. You can't have the Green New Deal. You can't have socialized medicine. You can't have entitlements, guaranteed income, free college and all that without the wealth tax. You can't have it. We already owe 30 trillion. You want to owe 80 trillion? Then you don't have a dollar. Then the dollar just blows up and all the money you have in the bank disappears. So they have to pass a wealth tax. They have to confiscate private property to pay for all the far-left vision. They have to. They want to guarantee income, guarantee a job, guarantee health care, guarantee education. Somebody's got to pay for that. And they're taxing people up to here now. 
In New York, where I live, it's insane. People are moving out by the hundreds of thousands to Florida and Texas and North Carolina because they can't pay the taxes. So who are they going to go for? They're going to go for the people who have assets and take them away. That's what this is all about. Now let's get it down to a lower rung, okay? So if you pack the court, there's not going to be any guns, all right? So the right to bear arms goes away because the left will say, look at that militia clause, a well-regulated militia in the Second Amendment. That doesn't mean you, as a private citizen, can have a gun. You got to be in a militia, and a militia is an arm of the government. The National Guard, that's a militia. You can't form your own militia, so you can't protect yourself with a firearm. And it's not a matter of AKs or this or that or clips or bump stocks or whatever. All guns, no guns. Can't have one. You got one, we find you, you go to prison, you go to jail. And we find you like crazy. You think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding. That's the vision. Because if the citizens of the United States cannot defend themselves, they're defenseless. Not just against crime, but about the government. Against the government. Tyranny, you know what the word means? It hasn't disappeared. It's there. That's what Marxism, Black Lives Matter organizations, that's what they want. And that's what Biden won't stand up against. Kamala Harris wants that. Biden doesn't want it. Biden's just a puppet. All right? He, he doesn't care one way or the other. But Harris, she wants it. She was asked yesterday, would you stack the court? Wouldn't answer. And a non-answer is an answer. So I'm just giving, I'm giving you the private property. I'm giving you the guns because they're vivid. You can picture it. But there are hundreds of other rights that will disappear. Once the socialist left starts to impose, the big government tells you how to live. Now, this is absolutely true. Absolutely true. There's no, oh, it's not happening. It is happening. They say it. And the Democrats also say, we want Puerto Rico and D.C. to be states. That would be four more Democratic senators. And that would mean the Democrats control the Senate, wouldn't it? That's what they wanted. Biden wants it. Sure. Now, that's not going to happen under our present Constitution because Washington, D.C. is a federal jurisdiction. Not going to change that. Not with the court being the way it is, but you have 15 Supreme Court justices on there? Okay. So the problem here is that President Trump has not told you what I just told you. I don't know why. I don't. You know, I, I don't know why. Because that is far and away the most important thing going on in this election. If he would just take his two minutes or whatever they're going to give him in the next debate, it's going to be a town hall debate, so he can take it where he wants it. That's just going to be, you know, another fiasco. And just do what I did. 
Let's look into the camera and say this is what they want. Now, the Democrats are never going to buy it. Your liberal friends aren't going to buy it. They're not going to believe it. But it's true. And there's no way on earth I can vote for Joe Biden. I'll still cover this fairly, as I did on the debate. I can't vote for him. He's not going to protect my constitutional rights on any level. How can I vote for him? How can any American vote for him? Do you not want rights? You already lost. We already lost our right to privacy. We don't have any right to privacy anymore. Anybody can tape you, listen into your, use a gizmo to listen to you talk, do anything you want, and then give it to a newspaper. Trump's taxes. That's a felony. Anybody going to do anything? Nobody's going to do anything. Right to privacy? Gone. There's no right to privacy. So private property? That could go. And all of your other constitutional rights, including freedom of speech. Cancel culture? Does that honor your right to speak? Cancel culture? Does it? When you can walk in and if somebody picks up a tweet that you put out and the boss doesn't like it, he fires you? What's happening? That's cancel culture. Who's driving the cancel culture? Who? I reach millions of people, but I don't reach 330 million or 130 million that will vote. I only reach a very small percentage of that. But this is what the election's all about. I don't care whether you think Trump's the biggest chump in the world. All right. I don't care. He's not going to destroy the Constitution. Biden and his crew will. That's it. Now, there's a lot of other offshoots on this. Okay, the offshoot is law and order in the major cities in this country is collapsing. Everybody knows this. If you have eyes, you can see this. Law and order came up again in the debate, but the point really wasn't driven home. Roller. And so we have to be engaged. That's not what they're privacy. talking about, that's, Chris. That's well, not what that's, they're talking about. He's talking exactly, about defunding the that, police. That is not true. He doesn't have any would, law would you, support. Look, he has no law enforcement that's support. That's not true. Almost that's nothing. Not, that, look. Oh, really? Who do you have? Name one group that supports you. Name one group that came out and supported you. Go look, ahead. Look, think. We have time. We don't have time to do no, anything. No, no. Right. Okay. Biden did not once in the Democratic Convention in his speech or any of his acolytes speaking, mention a violent protest. Not one time. Okay? He was asked in a debate, did you call the governor of Oregon and the mayor of Portland and offer your assistance or suggestions on how to quell the violence? He did not. And what was his answer? They can handle it. They can handle it. More than 100 consecutive days of violence in Portland, Oregon. Just this week, two police officers severely burned by Molotov cocktails. They can handle it. A hundred days. You saw Seattle. You saw take over the downtown area. Where's Biden on it? Not going to do anything. Not going to do one blanking thing. Now, this doesn't come under the heading of rights. It doesn't. This comes under the heading of policy. So Joe Biden will not alienate his left wing base by cracking down 
on far-left protesters. He won't. All right, let's bring in Bernie Goldberg. So, you know, Bernie and I have a long history. We go way back. Bernie is now the purveyor of BernardGoldberg.com, which is a very interesting website. You ought to go there and give Bernie a hard time. Um, And he does not like Donald Trump, Mr. Goldberg. I don't like him at all. That's why I want him on, because we got Bowling, who loves Donald Trump, coming up right behind. All right, so you listen to me blow the head. That must have been painful for you. For 21 minutes, Goldberg, 21 minutes on a debate. You're still breathing. You're still, I don't think you nodded off. Did I make any mistakes? Well, I I have to put something in perspective first. You said that I'm not a fan of Donald Trump. That's true. But I'm not a never Trumper. Uh, If he would have a different character, a different personality, I'd support him. I want him to win in November. He's going to have to do it without my support, but I want him to win because I, I agree with you that if Joe Biden wins, the hard left is going to be calling the shots. Now, one of the reasons I'm not a fan of Donald Trump is since I want Republicans to win, I don't think his performance last night, to use only the latest example, helps that happen. That's why I'm not a fan of Donald Trump. It's not, I'm not one of the people who, who hates him or anything else. I just think he's got a, a toxic personality and he's hurting the things I would like to see done. Okay. All right. As my, far as your blows, my analysis. As far as your, I think you got a lot of it right. As on Chris Wallace, I'm a big fan of Chris Wallace, but I totally agree with you that. He doesn't have to fact check everything. That would be unreasonable. But when Joe Biden says, I'm not going to answer the question about packing the court, you can't just move on. You wouldn't move on. I wouldn't move on. Chris shouldn't have moved on. He says, wait a second. There's a lot at stake here. We need to know why you won't answer the question. Your answer as to well, it's going to be the headline. Well, maybe it is going to be the headline. But isn't, isn't President Trump onto something when he says you're afraid of the left wing of your party, that you'll alienate them? It's one thing to be impartial and not want to get involved in the scuffle. Uh, but you can't let those things, as you said, you correctly said, you can't let those things go without getting involved and saying, hold on now. And that... If you do let them go, that opens the door for Trump to come in and do it, which is what happened. So you can take Trump out of it and say, look, I'm the moderator. I'll ask the question. But if you don't ask the question, you can't expect an opponent to sit there mute while uh, Joe Biden is saying, well, my son Hunter didn't do anything wrong. Why? Nor can you expect, nor can you expect an opponent who is president of the United States of America to interrupt every three seconds and come off in, in, I'm guessing now because I don't know, but I would think he's going to alienate the sliver of the audience that didn't have their minds already made up. When you interrupt like that, when you come off as unpresidential as he came off, uh, that's fine with his base. I was listening to Rush Limbaugh earlier today. That's fine with Rush Limbaugh, who thinks that being civil and polite 
is sort of a, a weakness for Republicans. But it's the swing voters, the independent swing voters, that may very well decide this election. Yeah. And I don't think interrupting... Partic particularly seconds. women. Particularly women. You know, I said, look, the first, in the first seven minutes of the debate, Trump just dominated. All right? And again, I'll go back to my analysis last night. I hope people watch it. First seven minutes, Trump was calm, facts, boom, 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 boom. But then he got increasingly frustrated all right, because of what we just said, that there was this stuff coming out and it wasn't challenged. Questions were all over the place and nothing was getting accomplished in Trump's mind. He's a very impatient man and he doesn't have any discipline over what he says. And as you pointed out, and I think correctly, it's going to hurt him in the election. So the next question is, how badly do you believe the president hurt himself last night? Let me answer it this way, Bill. If my crystal ball broke in 2016, I'm not in the prediction business anymore. But if he loses, and I don't want everybody to hear the word if, if he loses, last night's debate will be a big reason for that loss. Do you think COVID, I think COVID just is the, is the main reason if there were no COVID and the economy had continued along the vibrant line that it was on, I think he would have walked in because I think Joe Biden is such a weak opponent. I agree with that too. Uh, you can get away with a lot when things are going well. When the economy is going well, and it's coming, it's come back in, in spectacular fashion, uh, you can get away with a lot. When 200,000 people plus are, die, you, have, you can't get away with as much as you could before that. Yeah, and, you're using a word, get away, and not in a pejorative, just in, people will no, ignore no, no, a certain no. thing. Right, I just want to make sure of that. Yeah, thanks. I think people will be more apt to cut you slack and, and, and give you a break and minimize what I and many, many others see as the defects in your personality, as long as it's the lowest unemployment in, in many, many years right. for white people, for black people, for women people, for men people, for black people, for Hispanic people, for Asian people, they'll cut you a lot of slack. But when things aren't going as that well with COVID, for instance, they, I, I believe they won't cut you as much slack. I think and you're that right on that. Could. Yeah. All right, but I'm voting the country. I'm not voting uh, guys here. I'm voting the country here. Bernie Goldberg, you can find him at bernardgoldberg.com. Appreciate it as always. Good to see you, Bernie. Next. The other side. So bowling is the host of America This Week and United We Stand on the Sinclair Broadcast Band. And you can go to his Facebook page, and then you can see Eric Bowling and what he does and how he does it. And extremely impressive, Bowling, your Facebook page. Okay, so uh, I say that Donald Trump did not help himself last night. I think the polling will reflect that coming up. You say?
I say usually you're right, and this time you're wrong. This is a replay of 2016. You know, I listened to Bernie Goldberg being non-committal across the board, as usual, as he was in 2016. Here's what's going on. You can watch these debates and try and figure out who's winning, who did themselves right and wrong. It doesn't really matter. Because how many times, Bill, have you had people come up to you? I've had it hundreds of times, maybe more, maybe thousands of times, saying, I'm going to vote for Trump. And I go, well, why don't you say that? Here's what happens. The left has made it so embarrassing, so awful to say you're voting for Trump or you like Trump or you're pro-Trump, you're a racist, you're a xenophobe, you're, you're a sexist, you're something, you're awful, whatever you are. But when you get in the voting booth, and you know this happens, when you get in the voting booth, you vote with your wallet. And what is better than Trump? What's the perception? Is Trump going to be better for your family and your family's economy going forward? Or is Biden? Clearly, you the perception is Trump is going to be better because he has been better than Democrats. COVID's the only thing the Democrat, the left, had to hang their hat on. They were going into this thing, getting trounced. They had an old octogenarian, some somebody will be an octogenarian by the time he, he left if he was president. They had nothing. They, they nominated Joe Biden, the, the most anti-diverse candidate they possibly could. So they didn't have that. The economy was ripping. They needed something. COVID happens from China from China, and they're going to hang this on Trump. It's, it, it's insane. Uh, it, it was the only thing they had. No, I don't think COVID's going to be uh, a, a factor. It may be a factor to, to some, but you know what happened? I hate to say this, Bill. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, God rest her soul, she died at the right time well, for Well, it was for interesting Trump last night that uh, Amy Coney Barrett disappeared in the first minute and a half of the debate. Biden obviously didn't want any part of that. I think the left knows that she will be confirmed and that President Trump will benefit a bit from it. So you, Eric Bowling, tonight on the No Spin News are predicting what, a landslide for Donald Trump? What are you, what are you predicting? No, 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 no. And I did the math in 2016, I'll do it again. He needs North Carolina. North Carolina, in my opinion, is going to be the state he has to win to win it. Because there are other paths, but it would not without North Carolina. Even without Pennsylvania, there's some northern paths that could happen. I think he needs to win that. I, 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 I believe, here's what I believe. I, I think the Democrats threw him beside, well, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's passing. But the Democrats' response to Ruth Bader Ginsburg's passing and Amy Coney, Coney Barrett being seated, they threw Trump a lifeline. Here's what they did. They said, we're going to stack the court. Now, that was the biggest foolish mistake they possibly could have said prior to the election. Because now, anyone who cares about the Supreme Court, single-issue voters, are going to come out and say, I don't want that to happen. I like it when I'm a member of the Supreme Court. We have Democrats now saying, Democrat attorneys general coming out saying, nine members Supreme Court is what we want to, want to have going forward. This is going to energize, if you don't even like Trump and you're, you're a conservative, you don't like Trump, you're going to energi be energized to come out and make sure the Senate at least turns for Trump. And some of the people who, who pull, a, pull a lever for a Republican Senate are going to do it for the president too. All right, Bowling, we got you on tight, man. We'll have you right back. I very, you know, with high confidence, wrong, Mr. O'Reilly. mess up your hair. You know that. Okay. Eric Bowling, everybody. Check him out on Sinclair. Okay, so the media is in a tank. Uh, they're actually working with the Biden campaign. There's a question about that. And the Media Research Center did a study just out. So in 2016, 
when Trump ran around, Hillary Clinton, 90 percent of the um, coverage was negative toward Trump. Now it's 93 percent. It actually went up 93 percent negative toward Trump by the four networks, actually three, CBS, ABC and NBC. They didn't count Fox. Um, the Media Research Center recorded 389 negative statements about President Trump from August 1st to the 15th of September. 15 negative statements about Biden. We had more negative statements in one show here than all three networks had in a month and a half. All right, you want to have some fun? Media and analysis after the debate on the cables. I'm so happy that many people, millions of people came and watched me and all of that uh, last night. Okay, here's, uh, I'm going to give you three sound bites of analysis right after the debate. Go. I thought that uh, Joe wasn't sharp uh, and the president, I thought, was so forceful at times that I thought he was going to try and eat uh, Joe Biden uh, literally on the stage. There were times during this debate, Wolf, where President Trump's every line, specifically on mail voting, almost every single thing he said during that concluding section of the debate was inaccurate. And he gave a wink and a nod to a racist, Nazi, murderous organization that is now celebrating online. Okay, there's been no murder attached to the Proud Boys. Racist, far right, maybe. I mean, I don't know them. I don't associate with them. I don't research them. But my people researched their arrests less than 10 in three years. Murderous Nazi organization. Murderous? Can't back it up. That's the kind of garbage you get on cable news. So a guy named Jonathan Carl is the chief White House correspondent for ABC News. He's a correspondent, a reporter. Roll it. The debate was a, a total mess. Uh, it was a, a mess of interruptions, petty insults. I was in touch with some people on the floor uh, who described, who told me they were stunned by what they were seeing transpire on that stage. Uh, Donald Trump came across like a bully. Oh, sure he did. I, I, yeah, fine. Finally, uh, CNN topped everybody by saying this. Go. I think the president overplayed his hand tonight. I, here's, here's, here's what I saw on stage tonight. What I saw was a president who, uh, and, he, and you can just hear it by him reciting the things that have happened to him throughout the presidency. This, this Durham report and all the things that are going on. He feels like he has been mistreated and, uh, and by the prior yeah, administration. All narcissists by, and all psychopaths I, I'm just feel telling that, you, he, but it's not, doesn't it make it I, true? Okay, so Cooper uh, says that, yeah, all the narcissists and all the psychopaths feel that, but it does not make it true. AT&T pays the salary, and he calls the President of the United States a psychopath. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris release their tax returns. Oh, what a job. Within hours of uh, the New York Times printing uh, President Trump's tax information, the Biden people had a very well-produced commercial up. Do you think you got tipped off on that? Oh, oh no. All right, so um, Mr. Biden and his wife Jill, 2019, made $945,000. They give $14,700 to charity. 
one and a half percent. And this is the history for Biden. One and a half percent that he gives. Harris is worse. She and her husband made $3 million in 19. She gave 1% to charity, $35,390. And these are the people who go, oh, we want your money. And yeah, but they don't give any money to anybody. <laughs> Jesus. Never be reported. Um, Boston University, as some of you know, I have a master's degree in broadcast journalism from there. They hired a guy named Ibram Kendi uh, to teach. He is an author, How to Be an Anti-Racist is his book. Uh, here's what he said about Amy Coney Barrett's adopting two black children from Haiti. Quote, some white colonizers adopted black children. They civilized these savage children in the superior ways of white people while using them as props in their lifelong pictures of denial while cutting the biological parents of these children out of the picture of humanity, unquote. So Amy Comey Barrett and her husband adopting two poor black children in the nation's poor, in the hemisphere's poorest nation. They're not really doing this for the good of those kids. No, they want to cut out the biological parents. And they want to use them as props. This guy's teaching a Boston U. This is a hero to the left, this guy. Does he get any more violinous? Really? Okay, quick break. Back with mail and final thought. All right, let's go to the mail. Um, again, we had uh, millions of people check us out for our debate analysis. Biden hurt himself and his base by not calling out the Democratic mayors and governors in the riot-plagued cities. Maybe. I don't think the far left's real upset about all the violence, though. Yvonne, I was very upset with Biden when he called President Trump a clown and told the president to shut up. It'll be interesting if if left-wing women or on-the-fence women feel the same way. Mark, Joe Biden called President Trump a clown, better a clown than a puppet. David, concierge member. Thank you, David. He gets direct access to me. Good to see Bernard Goldberg again. He was absolutely correct in his comments about Trump's constant interruptions. Trump did not look presidential. Barbara Manning, Galeon, Michigan. As a premium member, we appreciate your honest reporting, Bill. Your statement that Chris Wallace should not have released the topics for the debate was correct. The early release was evident in the prepared answers by Joe Biden. Absolutely. No doubt about it. James Patton, Walport, Oregon. I No, this is Dana Patton. James's wife. This is Dana. I watched the debate. I'm not happy with it. Is it possible to change how the debates were organized? There will be the next one's a town hall. There'll be all kinds of new rules and all that. I think the next one will be better. Dennis Markle, Bedford, New Hampshire. Thank you for your excellent post-debate analysis. You should be the next moderator. That'll never happen. When I was at Fox News, I volunteered to do it. And uh, they wondered, are you kidding? Nobody will show up. If you're the moderator, you'll be talking empty chairs. It's probably true. Now, again, we have our debate analysis posted on BillOReilly.com throughout the weekend. You know, alert your, your friends, your pals, your family. Best analysis, I think. I don't see anything better. Lynn uh, Shenica, London, Kentucky. The Democrats use the word science without giving an attributable source. You believe the science of COVID 
is subjective. Do I believe that? I believe that there are uh, facts about COVID, but not on how to prevent it. All right. I do believe you should wear the mask and social distance. That's proven to drive the rate down. So I saw that with my own eyes here in New York. But science is a catch all. You know, global warming, the science says that's a bunch of bull. And we'll prove that to you on Monday, by the way. Be an interesting show. Andrea Rose, Los Angeles. I've been watching you since the O'Reilly Factor. You're the best at what you do. I signed on to the podcast immediately when you left Fox News. I'm thrilled that you now have the viewership you have, and you had millions tune into the No Spin News after the debate. You and me, Andrea, and I know you've been a longtime watcher. Um, I'm just blown away by how many people came in and watched us. It was really amazing. Radio, too. Teresa Dickey, Lake Elsinore, California, walked into the dentist today. Surprised to see a Stand Up For Your Country sticker displayed at the reception. Yes, yes, yes. Those dentists, they know what's going on. Get your stickers, your hats, the mugs, Stand Up For America hats, best mug, best mug in the country right here. This is it. Oktoberfest, bring the Stand Up For Your Country mug. Uh, Frank Rowan, Drake it. Massachusetts. You know, Frank, nobody can say Drake it. They don't know what Drake it is, but I do. Just finished Killing Crazy Horse. As with all of the previous Killing books, I couldn't put it down. Thank you, Bill, for another great book filled with amazing historical detail. Well, you are welcome, Frank. I'm going to talk a a bit about Crazy Horse in a different way uh, for the final thought. All right. So we got all the stand up for your country, Merck. Um, Order Killing Crazy Horse from us. You get five free Stand Up For Your Country stickers and uh, lifetime membership gets you all nine killing books free. Design up for lifetime. Good deal. Upgrade to concierge. Get a free book. Word of the day. Don't be a blather skite. One word, blather skite, writing to us. Final thought in a moment. Okay, so uh, Killing Crazy Horse moves up on the New York Times list. Not that I care about the list, but it, it, it's... Obviously, the book is gathering momentum in a very difficult time. In the pandemic, there are bookstores, nobody's in them. Most of them are closing. All right. Amazon is a good outfit. BillOReilly.com is a good outfit. We'll get the book to you like that. Barnes & Noble, they're starting to get up to speed. You know, but most people are buying online. And that has really changed the book industry. Used to be people would go in and they browse. And then the media. Late night, as I just said, nobody watches late night. I was on Leno and Letterman and Kimmel and, you know, all the time for the books and and it moved books. All right. Now, nothing late. And in the morning, they'll give you three minutes. Come on, because they have to report on uh, the Kardashians. No time for authors. So it's hard to sell any books, particularly in this chaotic covid political craziness time. But I'm telling you, killing crazy horse will keep you up night makes a great Christmas gift. I will sign it, but you got to get them in because I've got to sign thousands of books. All right. Think ahead. Think ahead. If you become a lifetime premium member, you get nine free books. That's nine Christmas gifts. Right? Right here. Looking out for you. See you soon.